0: Blog Talk Radio. It's February 3rd, 2020. Hello and welcome to Working for Eleven radio show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight we're joined by co host Jeff Brown. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please remember good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Working for a Living Radio Show is a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters and is syndicated on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, Listen Now, and you may follow us on Twitter. Again, we're going to have the an editorial announcement. Everyone, please be aware that the policy of Working for a Living is that we are in no way at all involved with the request for a special convention. Okay, Jeff, uh, we'd like to bring him on. He's on assignment tonight, uh, and it's Monday. We're having an unusual show here. Uh, Let's see, some just pinged me. Okay, yeah, we we are going to have part of the team here later. Um, but Jeff is on assignment, and he is unavailable uh, to be on the show tonight. So we'll handle the announcements, and then I'll keep an eye out on our rest of our team here. Um, uh, working for a living, uh, trust that everyone had a very safe and happy MLK weekend, Martin Luther King weekend, okay, and uh, Super Bowl weekend as well. Congratulations to Kansas in their 31-30 to 30 defeat of the San Francisco 49ers. Go Kansas, right? Everybody there at uh, uh, Kansas and Fairfax are having a good time, and I think we even had some uh, Missouri that were supporting uh, Kansas. So everybody had their own team. I didn't have one. Uh, I just went with it. I don't for San Francisco, but I expect it's – Kansas to win because they were probably a better team than it turned out they were. Uh, February is Black History Month, working for a living, honors. First, General Motors, I'm sorry, UAW Vice President. Uh, uh, This is a gentleman by the name of Nelson, Jack Edwards. And he was born in uh, 19... 17, and passed away in 1974. He was vice president of the United Auto Workers and founder of the CBTU, the Coalition of Black Trade Unions. Thank you for everything you did. We're going to try and honor somebody. Jeff's uh, our expert on that, uh, and he will have us some really nice stories throughout the month. Uh, just know that as this month progresses. A lot, of, a lot of history there that we really need to be aware of. On January fifteenth, 2020, NLRB, that's the National Labor Relations Board, General Counsel Barr re- reverses an Obama era rule. And this one's going to surprise you, and we'll have a little more on that later in the show. On January 23rd, Lordstown Motors apply for federal loan for money to convert the old GM plan we wish them well Let's see what happens with all of that it's in flux as we go through all of this and it's it's uh, just amazing to sit and watch this and to know person people personally uh, that are having to uh, deal with all of that and it didn't move and then took the force move and it took the voluntary move and a lot of iterations there. Everybody was able to move with their seniority, though, due to some activism by somebody you know in 1983. Actually, July 8th, 1983, you can find an article written that uh, resulted in eventual corporate seniority. We still have 1785, uh, January 7th of 1985, for anybody hired before then, but very few people in everybody before that gets to keep their OGM data. Anyhow, overall, general motor state for those, uh, in Norway and other places. By the way, thank you. Uh, we had some really interesting, uh, back and forth, uh, with, uh, one of our listeners in Norway and we, well, we won't say his name, it's a gentleman and it was very, very nice. Uh, thank you so very much, um, and much appreciated. Uh, on an issue, we need to get clarified. And it's Uh We'll maybe get into that down the road, but not right now. Uh, January 25th, the uh, yeah, Chrysler America asks federal judge to dismiss the GM racketeering lawsuit. Uh, January 25th, FCA intends to merge with Fujo, Fujo, and you will have to learn a lot more new auto brands. January 27th, Detroit Hamtramck announcement by GM President Mark Reuss. Uh, and he was announcing that they're going to have a lot of uh, product there at uh, Detroit Hamtramck, otherwise known as T-Ham, uh, and that's, that's good for them. It was kind of rather unkind to the uh, Lordstown leadership. January 27th again. Oh, this is just fantastic. uh, Co-host Jeff Brown's son graduated from law school in what was just an amazing ceremony. And his son was number two in his class. Now, there might be a decimal, well, a, uh, a hundredth of a point there somewhere that might make him three. He was number one throughout his uh, class and then as his education and when he's a student and just recently fell from that position and there was uh, two people close. So I believe he's number two. Uh, but we'll see in the end when, the, when all the grades get uh, sent out to everybody in their position. Just an amazing young man. And uh, to see all of that pomp and circumstance was very, very nice. I attended up with Jeff. And uh, Jeff was just And I took a couple pictures. I really should have taken a picture of his aunt who was there uh, in, in with them as well. But I, I guess I was remiss. Sorry about that, Jeff. Um, January 28th, Detroit News, the Borg-Warner acquisition of Delphi. Is a hedge against the electric vehicle future. Interesting that there's a lot of chess being played here. It's not just checkers anymore. It's chess. We're going to see how that all works. Um, the uh, January 28, 2020, the last Borg Warner engines were shipped from the legacy plant. They built ninety-one million six hundred fifty-eight hundred and twenty-seven six hundred six hundred and fifty-eight and six hundred fifty-eight twenty-seven. Okay, so uh, that that's a lot of motors. Ninety-one million motors. Uh, February second, GM signs Article Thirty-One charges convicted against convicted executives. More on that later in the show. That's that's kind of interesting. Uh, and there's people taking credit for it. <laughs> when, when we get done with our show tonight, I'm going to suggest that people won't want to be taking credit for it like they are. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> okay, so... Brother Jeff isn't here, so he was going to do the first um, message and email. And uh, we wish Brother Jeff all the best uh, as he's on assignment. So, um, But the first uh, email message: Will you really tell me more about Article 8, Section 4? We'll get into some more of that later in the show. Uh, number two. Um, this also is about the, uh, uh, the Article 8. Is is doing something as innocently as uh, formally presenting this resolution for special convention uh, as it is obvi- obviously incorrectly written to a general membership meeting, uh, a violation of the IW Constitution? Again, we'll go through that in a little more detail tonight because we're actually going to be talking about what the uh, IEB did when they signed uh, Article 31 charges. So, and we did talk a little bit about all of that uh, in our last radio show. We'll get into some more of it. Uh, Others would have to decide that is the long and short of that. Uh, You would have to... Uh, you know, uh, have stand the test your membership in your local union uh, and, you know, it's uh, uh, something that you want to make sure that you're always in compliance with the Constitution or do it as best as you can and be able to try and defend that. So, um, and that's all in our opinion. We don't know what others would do regarding such matters but we'll we'll see Uh, let's see well let's just bring on another friend here hello everybody welcome Tom to the show hi Tom
1: how you doing Leroy Um,
0: can you hear me yeah I can hear you can you hear me
1: Yeah, I just got out of the car here. I'm walking into the house, so give me a second here, and I'll be right with you.
0: Okay, good. Well, I'll put it on here, and then I'll get back to you. Just let me
1: know. Yeah, I I, I wanted to tell you, I tried to pick you up uh, in the uh, vehicle on the uh, webpage, and I wasn't able to – Get uh, any, it said you were live and uh, there was nothing coming through. So I don't know whether there's a problem out there or not. I dialed this, I, I, I dialed you up on the cell phone and you came in strong and clear. And uh, so, yeah, let me get situated here. I'll be right back.
0: All right, no problem. Just y'all, give me a shot when you're coming in. All right, I'll leave you on your live. Um, so <clears throat> we have a definition. You know, we've had it a couple of weeks. And we had it late in the year last year and a couple of weeks ago, and I think it's just really, really uh, appropriate for this time. And we have it um, at many levels of politics, and it just seems so appropriate. The word for a definition this week is demagogue. It is a noun, and it means a political leader who seeks support by appealing to the desires and prejudices of ordinary people rather than by using rational argument. Interesting. And this week's quote, (laughs) be careful when you follow the masses. Sometimes, the M is silent, the author's unknown. <laughs> All right, so, well, we have, we're going to, this is a show that we promised. We didn't want to go too long without having a show. And, quite uh, frankly, last week there were a lot of things uh, after between Martin Luther King Day and, and now. Uh, but last weekend, uh, Sunday, just, Son graduated, and I got to tell you, you know, I've got a lot of projects in in uh, the mix here, uh, and so my phone blew up. I had to get one written uh, done, and in the end, I I was right up against like six o'clock, and there was no time to put a show together at all. Uh, so you, know, you have to just You know, bear with us sometimes, because we don't just have a radio show here. We are doing a lot to help a lot of members, Uh, and many are appreciative. So far, we're seven for seven on some pretty major cases, winning, that is, for our members. Um, So, uh, and it's it's a joint effort. Uh, Much of it's written at this keyboard, but, you know, this has bounced off a lot of our team before we send it out. All right. Uh, so, and oh, then, you know, as soon as the weekend is over, I don't know, I guess I got sick. I had the flu all week. I was down for the count. So still, still kind of re- recovering here a little bit myself. Uh, so we're, you know, just kind of getting our head up in the water. Uh have seen a lot of machinations in the stock market last week, and this week we bounced down 603 Friday, and we bounced almost 400 today, and close up, what, 160-something like that, 170. I'm not exactly sure. So it dropped from the high, interday high today. We'll see what it's going to do. It can really can go either way, up or down, but uh, I'm not sure where it's there's some stuff on the horizon that just doesn't look so good. So who knows? Could be positive, too. Just a lot of stuff going on, a lot of movement. And this, this movement here is uh, indicative of some uh, movement up and down. That's going to be pretty dramatic, is my supposition. So, uh, okay, I can... Uh, Tom, you want to tell me how your week was? Yeah, Everybody, I'm pretty
1: busy. With yeah, I'm I'm here. Can you hear me, Leroy?
0: Yeah, I kind of heard some in the background there. Like you might be back here, so yeah. Yeah. If you're you know, back, go I ahead. Don't I don't want to hear you because I know mean, you're you're settling back in from watching your grandchildren uh, play basketball there. So yeah,
1: but uh, yeah, it went pretty good. Uh, the kids were out there playing. Uh, they won another championship over in Poland on Sunday. And uh, and uh, my granddaughter is actually, I, I went to a basketball game, but uh, she's a cheerleader. So I was just there supporting her and her team. So, And they, uh, they won tonight against Warren. So pretty much been pretty much with the grandkids all week, uh, other than uh, last uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. But uh, they keep me busy, keep me out of trouble.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's always nice to see your grandkids and watch them succeed in uh, the things that they do. So uh, I know yours are involved in a lot of stuff between golf and football, basketball, cheerleading, all kinds of stuff. I mean, so- I don't know if they're in soccer or not, but uh, you know, I know they're, they're real active and they keep me pretty busy. Uh, and so I'm pleased to be associated with somebody with such high morals like yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How so, about? anything else? Go ahead.
1: No, that, that that's about it. Uh, other than uh, you know what, what's what's been going on out there, and and you touched on it. I w- I was listening a little bit about the stock market, and yeah, yeah, I I got a little nervous there for a while, but.
0: uh, uh possible. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a little scary out there. Where where are you at now? Get me up to speed here. Where are you at in the show here tonight? I mean, uh, uh, I, I, I'm just I'll...
0: coming into my. I've done the the uh, the um, uh, definition and the quote, and of course Jeff's report is he's, he's, uh, lined out there tonight, and I'm starting on my report. And if you want to talk a little bit about that, uh, NLRB. Ruling that general counsel Barr made that uh, advice memo. If you want to talk about that, and I'll fill in the blanks if you want. I mean, well, usually when I need the blanks
1: on. filled, yeah, when when I need the blanks filled in, I usually go to to a good source, and I, I ain't gonna mention any names, but he's he's a very good friend of mine. But uh, yeah, it uh, seems like on January fifteenth general counsel for the NLRB reverse and Obama error uh, ruling uh, and from what I understand uh, this is more or less uh, not having to go through all the specific steps on a, uh, on an appeal that sometimes put us out of the six-month time limit and uh, made our appeal null and void whereas we could actually uh, go right away uh, with an unfair labor practice uh, uh, without going through all the steps necessary. There are, uh, I believe, triggers that you have to start first, but then if if it's not moving along, then you could get uh, go back to filing right away with the NLRB rather than exhausting your uh, normal procedures. Uh, I, I didn't get any uh, further into the details. I did post some of that up there. Maybe you could fill in and uh, correct me if I was wrong
0: in what I stated. Oh, you're absolutely right. Oh, absolutely right. I'll, I'll give you the the uh, the ruling that was done uh, on an Article Thirty Three appeal uh, of any sort. Uh, if you believe that that is also a an unfair labor practice by a union, uh, at the same time you used to be able to go to the NLRB directly while you had a an, Internal procedure going on, and that would be filed under Title Twenty Nine, USC One Fifty Eight B, and that's the uh, paragraph that also also gives rise to uh, unfair um, a, du- uh, a duty of fair representation. Failure of duty of fair representation Okay that's under the unfair Labor practice by a union It's one of the elements of that paragraph There's a lot of them Uh, And then The Obama ruling under That uh, uh, NLRB uh, Group Including their General counsel uh, Said that If it's in your Constitution or bylaws that you must go through the internal remedies before you can go out to the NLRB, National Labor Relations Board. Well, the National Labor Relations Board has a six-month uh, statute limitations from the day that it occurred. Okay, so when you would call the stat, you know the NLRB, they go, well, it's told, it's done, it's longer than six months, and they say six months, six months, six months, you get nowhere with them because the internal remedies can take 18 months, 24 months. You know, it gets pretty long uh, when people aren't answering your question in a timely manner. Well, uh, this current attorney, I'm sorry, general counsel, Barr, he was the son of the attorney general, took a look at that and said, this isn't fair to the membership. It's really fair to the leadership of the union because they don't ever have any culpability. Okay, in our process in, in the UAW, you have to bring it before the membership, Article 33, then it goes to the International Executive Board, and then it would be appealed to the uh, public Review Board, and then you could actually take it to an outside court, but you need to get a letter to sue, it's not a right? To sue letter, of right to sue from the NLRB, and that's my understanding. But that might be, I might be incorrect on that. But um, in, any, in any regard, the uh, at the end of the PRB, public, re, public Review Board, it's our UAW highest appeal level. Uh, At that time, you have the opportunity to go out to the outside court. And under the Obama ruling, you would have to wait until that occurred, and then you would go to the NLRB, and they would say, oh, this has been 24 months since the occurrence, and you would be timed out because they have a rule, statutory limitations of six months. So now having, again, Uh, articulated that the appellate process uh, when General Counsel Barr wrote his advice memo on January 15th and Brother Tom was all over this. He said, Leroy, this is a big deal. I said, yeah, it is a big deal. We already have people that have contacted our team uh, asking us what this means. And we've pretty much gone over what we said already and done Uh, the advice memo said as long as you have an internal procedure ongoing you do not have to exhaust the internal remedy but rather can go directly to the National Labor Relations Board. We've had two cases that have been affected by this ruling since the 15th that we've assisted people with. Okay. Now these are people that are in distress in your their, in their work. So we, we do help. give a little guidance. We haven't written a word in these cases, but we've given some guidance as to the new ruling. And everybody's pretty pleased about that because this, you know, it's, it's surprising. This is something that really does jump out and help the membership, the union membership as opposed to, you know, guarding the union leadership, okay, representatives. That's interesting. You got any more on that, Tom? No,
1: but it it, it seems kind of funny. On the 15th, we go in that direction where they're labor-friendly, and then uh, January the 24th, the day after my birthday, uh, uh, the NLRB trumps NLRB, then then uh, reverses decisions and starts restricting uh, union buttons when you're organizing in the workplace, and that's just wow. I don't. Where's this shit going, or where, where, where's this coming from? Uh, and also, I had a birthday surprise, twenty third. So I, I don't want to run all this together, but uh, looks like General Motors is loaning more money to uh, Lordstown Motors, and more and more does this look like a. A shell game here to me. I don't know, but uh, yeah, there was uh, two things right around my birthday, Leroy As you know, my birthday was the 23rd. So, uh, yeah, and, and happy sure, birthday, brown... Tom. I got it. I got it. Happy birthday, Tom! <laughs>
0: just, just send money,
1: Leroy Just send money. I. <laughs> that's all. I'm tired of the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs>
0: I got it. everybody thought we were mad in the last show. No, not the case at all. We just we go back and forth with some banter, non, and it's a lot of fun. It, it yeah. I seems this is a, a lot of fun. Uh, everybody has pretty good time with it all around here. So, um, but yeah, we'll we'll work on getting some more of that money. You see, we talked about the stock market. Uh, I guess I should explain uh, that the. Uh, uh, stock market uh, circuit breakers uh, are in, you know, they exist. And just let me tell you how they work, just briefly. Um, and as, as uh, today's close, and I won't see all the numbers. Well, I guess I'm real. If, it, if something happened tomorrow, which I, we don't think that's going to maybe soon but not tomorrow. Okay, in our opinion. At least my opinion. Uh, and I have a a spreadsheet that I've written a long time ago that calculates all of this. The first down move would be for seven percent. Up or down. And I don't want you know, it can go up. It could go up. Seven percent. It could go up. But it can go down as well. And the first move, either direction or the total move, oh let's just stop. The first move would be down to 26,412, 26,412. And today we closed at 28,399,81, so 28,400. So the first move would be 26,412. That's a 7% move, and they would have a 30-minute interruption. Okay, and after 30 minutes, they'll start back up again, and if it's still moving in either direction, it'll go... Possibly go another 13%. And on the downside, which more than likely we would see this uh, occurrence, uh, it would go to 24,708. That's 13% down. We have another 30-minute interruption. Okay, and then after 30 minutes, it would start back up again, and it would have the ability to go 20%. And That would halt for the day, and that would go 22 down to 22,720 for a total minus of uh, 56,799.96, which is 56.80. Okay, for four cents, we're going to call it 56.80. And then likely the next day, as we did in 29 and 87 and 89 and then 98, I think, whichever mm-hmm. date. might have been 97. Uh, it was 97. Uh, we had a follow-through, and the follow-through is probably going to be another all oh, 1,300 points, roughly, for all it looks like. And then it's going to start to bounce a little bit, and we'll see what happens with all that. But if you see something like that, don't get too excited, because it will come back. To some degree, and the top is probably in, from what we're looking at. But we don't know for sure. And you know, if it's going to go down, you know, you'll see a little bounce after that, and you can make your own personal decision on what you want to do. But that's the; those are the volatility circuit breakers, and they exist at um, uh, a movement of seven percent, a movement of thirteen percent, and a movement of twenty percent. And we're not Debbie Downers here. We're just trying to be pragmatic. You need to understand what this is all about. You know, this this whole pop is pretty much in. We've seen a, a nice head and shoulders in some of the major indexes. And that means there's, you know, it's, you know, can it go back up? You know, we've seen these head and shoulder patterns before. So, um, that's kind of the long and short, and Tom kind of wanted me to... Go through that a little bit so everybody understood. Um, there's a chance of that occurring. There's it's high probability. We don't know what's going to cause it at all. <coughs> we don't think it'll be tomorrow. Um, we've had two down weeks, so the weekly bars are indicating down. Uh, so this would be the third down week, and that's typically when we have these things occur. So. We'll see. Who knows for sure. Um, but you know, we're we're trying to make enough here to buy Tom Steak now
1: and Oh well.
0: You Michigan say, guys <laughs> <laughs>
1: you guys are after us. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> I had
1: another question Leroy, uh in and, and, and yep. it, uh, I meant to ask. I meant to ask you the other day uh, about the uh, FCA uh, asking a federal judge to dismiss the uh, GM racketeering uh, uh, thing. So I I, I didn't have much to fill in the blanks on that. I was wondering if you could uh, add any information to this so when people ask me, I can give them a correct answer. I tried to find out, and uh, for some reason I I couldn't get an answer from anybody. And being you're so close up there in Michigan, you might have an answer, of course. Why is GM asking the judge to dismiss the FCA uh, federal – the guy handling the federal –
0: FCA case, rather, federal case? Yeah, FCA is the one asking asking the uh, uh, court to dismiss it. General Motors filed a racketeering case against FCA uh, because they felt that they were disadvantaged in the uh, um, negotiations in 2015, especially 2015, where they got some special dispensation, and actually there were people that trying to make GM and FCA merge together. So that's my understanding, and so. Uh, Now, GM filed this case, um, (laughs) it's not good for the UAW, okay, at all. Because if racketeering has disproven pretty much outright and in front of everybody, uh, it then gives the uh, Justice Department, come in and take over the UAW like they did the Teamsters a couple decades ago. And that puts us in what's called a receivership. And a receivership manager will suck every dime they can out of our coffers. Okay? Leave us pretty much penniless, And it's not going to be good for our unit. And I think everybody understands that. Now, FCA has asked for that racketeering case to be dismissed by the federal judge. Well, General Motors, and I've met several of them over the years, sit across the table from them in private meetings and in the in, uh, courtroom. Their, their attorneys are thousand-dollar-an-hour attorneys. Uh, it's just interesting even to be around them because they're pretty arrogant. Um, Oshlock is a German name for what I would like to call them. As some of you know, I kind of still speak it Germany or German because I lived there for a while. Uh, and they are... Uh, uh pretty uh, pretty out there uh, when it comes to getting their way. They really impose their will, they use everything at their disposal. Everything. General Motors attorneys are indeed formidable, very, very because I've had some pretty formidable attorneys in some of the cases that have, uh, I've had ongoing. That have gone up to the Supreme Court myself, and the, uh, uh, they—they've got some pretty sharp folks out there, and they're gonna—they're gonna push to keep this alive. So as FCA asks the federal judge, you know, don't forget, you know, a lot of these federal judges are having dinners. Here and there, with people that are associated with the General Motors attorneys. Well known to one another. And the chances of FCA getting that withdrawn from any federal judge with General Motors into it, that's sitting here and they're over there in Germany somewhere, or in Italy wherever the hell our headquarters are really at. I don't know. General Motors sitting right here in federal court, and they're all and around, going to the Michigan Bar Association dinners and stuff, and they all patting each other on the back, and they go to law school graduations, and they're patting each other on the back there, and from Michigan and Michigan State and Wayne State, all these schools are tied together, and they can go and alumni up all day long. The CA has a little more difficulty at doing that. So, do you know the old proverbial term, Tom? Wish in one hand and shit in the other? That's <laughs> kind of where this one's <laughs> at.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I get I, to I, 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 I understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. understand? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Okay. I,
1: I, I got it. Yeah. Hey, um, I, I got a couple emails here. You want me to throw them at you here or just re- read them off to you and you can answer whichever ones you want? Well, if you got some that I don't know about, go ahead and shoot them out there. We'll see what we can come up with. Well, I, I've got uh a- a gentleman that wants to know about our article, 30, the article 31 uh, charges uh, against uh, convicted uh, executives that uh, we've been seeing a lot yep. of and hearing a lot of from our international. Yeah. Uh, you want to touch on that later on, or do you, you want to well, throw I'll something it right in now. there?
0: I, got, I, got it. I actually have it all queued up right here. <laughs> I, uh, I kind of thought somebody might want to hear about Article 31 charges, and and they have some uh, uh, ethical practice charges as as well. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago about ethical practice charges. For now, and there's people out there saying, "He's done what I said. Look at that! Oh, my God I made him do this." He <laughs> might not want might, might not want to brag about that too loud. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. It takes okay. all I started In my uh, post on this. When I made the post, I said, It's too bad the IEB doesn't understand exactly and specifically what the UAW Constitution says. And it's also too bad that we don't have a law against being stupid. That's what I posted. And I'm going to tell you why I said that. Article 31, Section 2, says, charges must be submitted to the recording secretary of the local union or of the unit workplace organization. As the case may be, within 60 days of the time the complainant first became aware or reasonably should have been aware of the alleged offense. Okay, and then it goes in, but unless the charges are referred against the recording secretary, they'd be submitted to the president of the local union. Okay. So they have to be timely. Last I checked, when Norwood Jewel got uh, convicted early August. Sentenced in mid-August, let's see, August, September 30, October 30, that's 60, right? Sometime mid-October. And then we covered that. We said we didn't want to create more negative press by trying to do this so the right-to-work people may have more fodder. And we said no. We don't want to give them any more fodder. So we decided, you know, in our little circles here that no. So, how much untimely are they? That's October. See, November is another 30. October, or December is another 30. January, middle of January is another 30. So, so that's 90 days plus another, we'll call it 20. 20 days now, this is 30. So, pretty close to. Uh, three and two-thirds months tardy. Wow. About 100 days tardy, maybe 105 days tardy. So if you're telling everybody that this is your idea to do this now, oh, I'd I'd put put the brakes on those coming across your lips because you ain't doing too good with that. Because if you told them to do this in a tardy manner, i I just don't know that I'd be bragging about that um, the other thing says that the uh, uh charges uh that's the sixty day portion of it um, you know how you article thirty one section three has uh a b c d and e Now, I've defended a lot of people on on such things as Article 31 charges. I'm pretty good at it, and I'd be pretty good at prosecuting it, too. You can get good at it. You can do both sides. And uh, A says they must, the charges must, uh, I'm sorry, the charges do not state the exact nature of the alleged offenses required in Section 1 of this article. In other words, you have to detail what they did, okay, what part. What, what did they do? What did, uh, and just what they did, whatever. And then B says that, sh- that, uh, that they're not valid or they're to be considered improper if the charges are untimely under Section 2 of this article. Okay, now you heard 60 days. So in my defense of, of this, uh, and all the listeners, if I were to defend this, I would raise the fact that without a question, B, applies. The charges are untimely under Section 2 of this article. And then they're to be considered improper. End of story. You can't even go forward if the charges are improper. you got to know what this Constitution, I keep telling everybody, this Constitution is a very powerful document. It's voluminous. It has all kinds of cross references in it. Okay. And these people, the IEB just signed this document for charges against people that were, you know, charged, you know, some of them a year ago, two years ago. One lady I think I think they had her out there two years ago. Dead starts and convicted. I know Norwood Jewel because I keep track on him pretty tight. Cause he's screwed me a number of times, and I'm kind of pushing back. I'm having a good time with this. Hey, Leroy. Right? Unfortunately. What? Are you that
1: something? I just yeah, I hear you. I just got something popped up on the screen over your last statement, and the guy wants to know since what you're saying. The uh, international executive board is in violation of their own UAW constitution.
0: That's if they're correct. out of time
1: limit. Okay. Right. Uh, no, it just pop, it just popped up on the screen. A guy just dinged in here, and uh, he's, he's he's listening along with you, and he says he's he's getting a good education here tonight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, we we try to to a lot of people. <laughs> Uh, and if you don't know, uh, you know, we'll try and tell you. And if we don't know, we'll try and go find out for you. But um, uh, the, the, the next thing in your, your, uh, your uh, uh, questioner there uh, is that uh, these, um, and this is, this is true for a lot of people, okay, uh, this is, it could be improper if the act, complained of does not sustain a charge of violation of the constitution or conduct on becoming of a member. Okay. In other words, you have to have had a charge in these charges that was a violation of the constitution. And it must also, well, or, or, I stand corrected. It must contain a charge of a violation of the Constitution. And that goes back to the thing that we were talking on, the Article 8, Section 4. If you're you're touting this, Article 8, Section 4, and it's in violation of the Constitution, we'll get into that a little more later, but if it's in violation of the Constitution, are you in violation of the Constitution for supporting it? And it's subject to losing your membership. Other people have to determine that. That's called a trial committee. But I'm going to tell you, as a defender of people on Article 31, 8 I'm, seven, I'm sorry, 7 of 7, okay, we're doing pretty good here. That it violates the Constitution, and you better be real careful how bad you support this stuff. And we'll get into why it does in a little, a little later. But it, you know, your, the, the element C, uh, subparagraph C here, in uh, uh, section Article Thirty One, Section Three C requires that you have a charge of the violation of the Constitution or conduct on becoming a member of the union. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, the other thing that they charge under this Article 31 is a uh, violation of the ethics, uh, Ethical Practices Code. Now, let me just get down here a little bit. We're going to find... Uh, Article 32, we're going to give you an education. I've been just kind of be a little bit innocuous about this. I didn't really want to tell everybody, but we're just going to start showing up how screwed up they are, how bad they really are. Article 2, Section 4. Good. <laughs> okay, now they filed that ethical practices under Article 31. It's what it said in their little flyer that they put out on the Internet. Article 32, Section 4 says, any complaint filed under Section 5A or B, in other words, 5B, of this article alleging a violation of the UAW ethical practices codes that may be adopted by the international must be filed within 60 days. Remember, we've still got 60 days going on of the time the charged charging member first becomes aware or recently should have been become aware of the alleged violation. Okay. And in Section 5A and B. Welcome. Okay. You've got me. Oh, that's you, Tom. Uh, <laughs> you know.
1: and,
0: uh, I, 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 yeah, I
1: turned the volume up and uh, I shouldn't have done it.
0: That's all right. We're good. We're good. Section uh, 5 says to facilitate the orderly handing of complaints related to allegation violations of any UAW ethical practice codes, the following procedures must be provided. Okay. Essentially, A and B of uh, Section 5 here says that you must file them under Article 32, Section 5, and you can say 4 and 5A and B. And the complaint is uh, associated with Article 31. So you have to file them simultaneously with the reporting secretary of the local union. So it seems as though people in high... Places and people in lower places taking credit for people doing stuff in high places don't know what the frick they're doing at all. Okay? So Article 30, or your ethical practices codes, need to be filed under Article 32 and then submitted with the Article 31 in conjunction with that. Okay? That's how that's done. And that's why the IEB has indeed violated the Constitution with her charges. And all of the parties now can say that that was malicious on their part and actually ask the PRB to remove their membership. Because you can't ask the IAB. that's normally done that way. They would ask the PRB to do that. And if yours truly was Norwood Jewell's defendant, which I'll never ever be, that's exactly what will occur. Okay. So I hope that answers the question that uh, you posed there, Tom. Uh, in, uh, well, well, he
1: said he, he he's got a good, good, a better perspective of what's what's going on now after that ex- explanation. But he also uh, sent me another email and he was curious as to he uh, uh, was notified several weeks ago on a, another program that uh, that uh, you had filed an appeal uh, uh, against the uh, ratification uh, uh, vote uh, of two thousand and nineteen. Cool. And he was asking me where that stands, and I said, you'd have to talk to him from back. I, you're going to have to ask Leroy, because that was quite a lengthy appeal. And for my, I told him, from what I understood, it's at the uh, uh, Public Review Board, or it was sent to the Public Review Board, but I said I would bring it up with you, so maybe you can get, get us up to speed with
0: that. Uh, a few listeners out there are asking, so. Okay, and... You know, I, I know everybody's angry. You know, Tom. We we know, and, and quite frankly, we're angry. Okay, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. Okay, I'm I'm writing it all because I've got that background. Okay, but everybody around is supporting this stuff. Okay, so uh, first of all, the uh, appeal is again on this week's radio show page. Okay, we're going to have some more stuff that uh, I'm working on uh, to detail some, some of the things we're going to talk about in a moment. But uh, we're at 8 o'clock, so we we started five minutes late. Pardon me for that, because i having some phone trouble here. I, uh, I switched some phones, changed some phone stuff, and it's just a little headache. Uh, one phone won't even dial the number properly into the show, so that uh I've had to use one of the alternative phones and last week the last show I used one of my cell phones that seemed to be like being hacked or something. I'm not sure if it was being uh, tapped or somebody had an open line, people said all kinds of things to me. I I don't know. I you know, I give up on you know, people listening to my phone calls privately when when I'm not on the air, but uh, we'll we'll just go with that. Uh but on on this week's show, uh I'm, you know, obviously we came in a little bit late, so we're about fifty five minutes. We got another hour to go. We can stay here as long as you want when nobody's to my knowledge, I don't have anything uh scheduled later tonight. Tomorrow uh, tomorrow's gonna be busy. Oh, oh cool. uh everybody's listening intently, I should tell you <laughs> We are going to have one hell of a lot of fun tomorrow night. You see, the Republicans are going to come out and give a speech for the State of the Union. Tuesday, February 4th, that's tomorrow. And then the governor of Michigan is going to rebut that. And then working for a living is going to rebut them both from the perspective of the working man and woman. they not tell them what time of day it is. So, having said that, uh, the the appeal is let me get back to this appeal, ratification vote appeal. In other words, there was a vote, and then there was a timely appeal. That, that uh, there's actually no process for it, but we're going by the Article Thirty Eight um, appeal timeline. Uh, that was never anything published. There was never anything published openly by the uh, IEB that um, that commands the uh, procedures for ratification vote, and they did not publicly post anything that came to my attention, and I didn't see anything. I looked for it. (coughs) So that's the first element. So the element, there's four elements to this appeal, and you can read it there. It's on this page that... uh, the latest page. that If you just click on my website, uh, it's the first one there. Click on my page on Facebook. Click on Working for Living members. We post it around. We post a lot more, and we just kind of slowed down a little bit. But we'll probably get back into that now that we're kicking in. But uh, uh, that, that appeal is there now. The first element is that there's no codified procedure, and the public review board has. Uh, admonish the UAW to do that no less than four times over two and a half decades. All right? And that's all listed in the appeal. And it's 11 pages, so it's not anything that you want to uh, try and read in a few minutes. It's going to take you a while Uh, and to understand it all. Now, the second element deals with the temporary... Uh, language that's in the constitution that says there' be essentially no temporary greater than three consecutive months 92 days at the max 89 days at the minimum and in the contract we've always had many days in the past well they started violating that and we didn't catch and didn't catch them. so we waited for another reoccurrence anytime you have a reoccurrence then you can you know you can bring it up again the six months thing with the NLRB? Right. Uh, actually, while um, uh, well, I'm on the uh, first element about uh, uh, the uh, temporaries, let me just say this. This is an appeal internal. When we get close to six months from the ratification vote, and our union has not filed unfair labor practice on the company, you can expect me to have a trip right down to the NLRB and have a little talk with them about unfair labor practice and uh, that should have been filed. See, the company has an obligation to recognize us as a union in total, including our Constitution, where it applies to them. And when they violate that Constitution, then they're as culpable as anybody else. We're not leaving management out of our efforts here. We're not just going and saying, hey, you guys might have violated the Constitution. We're not sure yet. Okay. other people are going to have to determine. We think that that violated the Constitution, but there might be wiggle room in there. That's why we're asking others, you know, we're appealing this and we've asked for others to affirm it. And it's not going to be the IAB because, hell, they don't know what Article 31 says, now, do they, or
1: 32. (laughs) 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 I don't don't want to step on my tongue. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you want to step on that thing, right yeah so, but, it, but it will be the public review board that, that determines this in the end and then then other actions can be taken if they affirm it we don't know yet we just don't know um, you know obviously the, the, the procedure is not codified it's not coded into the um um uh ratification process at all and we're looking for that that's not necessarily a violation okay but the violation we're looking for that we don't know for sure did they violate the rati- the uh, temporary language we're not sure there could be some wiggle room in there that we don't know about okay the second one is appendix K it says we our union leadership is supposed to be making the corporation competitive. The Constitution, the UAW says, it's supposed to be done in the interest of the membership. So is that in the interest of the membership to make the company competitive? And we're not sure if that violates the Constitution. We're asking some higher authority to do that, whether Appendix K is. And that's the second there's four elements, but that's the second one that possibly violates the Constitution. And then the last one, the fourth one, is for possible violation. Remember now, the first element was just simply the ratification process is not codified. Ratification vote process is not in black letter print in UAW Constitution. So now we go to the fourth one, and it it says, And by the way, that one also violates ethos of labor. You know, if you're, you know, in the business of labor, right, sticking up for members, doing our best, even if we're retired, like Tom and myself and Jeff now, we're still trying to help the membership when they're disadvantaged in ways. We don't stand up. And start yelling when somebody gripes at us, and say, "Hey, I got this, and it's a grape." No, we'll tell them it's a grape. You got to go find somebody else to help you. So that's not going to carry water around here. But if it's a true grievance, we stand up and we try and help. Okay, and that's the difference between a lot of people running around out there saying, "Oh, yeah, you do this, you that, you got this, and you can go do this." Well, maybe. Right? So the fourth one in the UAW constitution says we must enforce all laws. And that includes federal, state, and local laws, municipal, municipal laws, you know, township, village, whatever it is. We're supposed to enforce them if it affect our members. And then it goes on to say we're also supposed to repeal. Any laws that are unfair to labor, okay, and in codified in the UAW contract is some language that is uh, quoted in there as the Public or the uh, Pension Protection Act of 2006, and it's virtually verbatim, and it allows our pension in the UAW, because it's in all three major uh, Detroit 3 contracts, it says that if your pension falls below 80% funding, that your pension's going to get reduced by 50%. And then there's another reduction below 60% funding and that goes to zero. we We think that that's Uh, a law that is unfavorable, unfriendly, unfair to labor. And it should be, we should be working to repeal it, not to affirm it by putting it in a contract. Again, that's arguable, and we think it's a problem. Uh, These are potential. We've identified these as potential, potential, violations of the Constitution, and we won't know, and that'll start the 60-day window when we find out for sure when the PRB gives us their decision, okay, all right, now, that's what's in that ratification vote appeal. Of course, it has to highlight the highlight signing sheet on there, too that persons that signed it but not limited to just those persons. actually assistant regional directors would also be culpable for having uh, been participatory in the approval process and the also the uh, negotiating process uh, because they have people at the, uh, the table. so, that went through my local union. they ignored it, and after you know a reasonable period of time, I uh appealed that, saying that they ignored it, and they're in violation. I'm still considering whether I should go ahead and charge them and I have uh until near the end of February to do that i mean we could we could just have everybody on the whole damn union on article thirty one charges because they're so stupid, and I don't know where the legal department's at. I mean, they're, they're the ones over here supposed to keep this Constitution and not and everybody in line here. And um, there's a key for the contract that's an administrative assistant to the president. I don't know where the hell they're at. God, they need help. really bad. So well, it's, it was a key right. to the IED. bed, Tom. You got something.
1: Uh, they're they're probably quite busy with the uh, with the uh, corruption uh, stuff that's been coming out and uh, uh, the everyday business uh, what they probably call this everyday p- business of appeals by the membership probably have been brushed to the side.
0: Well, that's true because we've had some of those that took extra long period of time before we got our decision, a favorable decision, by the way. So I don't want to. Thank them for those, but uh, you know you gotta you gotta stay on top of your game
1: here, Nick. so. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sure this appeal, this this appeal Leroy, that you filed, we'll put it right back in the ballpark for them to be looking at, after you get the uh, rendering from the public review board. Uh, and, well, uh, the Let me, possi-
0: let me, yeah, yeah, let the me just say, right, we got to get through the IEB first. Uh, It was sent to them with a request/slash demand that they recuse themselves because they may be the object of constitutional violations. And I simultaneously, as required, sent a copy to the Public Review Board, but it's not at their level for adjudication yet. We got to wait for the IEB to reasonably give them some reasonable time in order to do that. And if they don't, then, by God, the local union is going to fall in the same thing they did in violation for not not handling it. But we will then forward it for adjudication to the uh, Public Review Board. And then we'll wait and see if they affirm what we, uh, you know, alleged here, and they say, yes, these are violations of the Constitution. Because we asked, we said, we don't want to have another national vote. You know, we don't want to cause a bunch of, you know, Consternation about spending, you know, millions of dollars and having another vote. We just want to know: did it violate the Constitution? And please tell them again to codify the ratification vote procedure, so we don't have to, you know, piecemeal it between all the little parts: Article 50, Article uh, Article 50, uh, Article 19. Article 38, and so article those three authorities. Yeah. Uh, no, it doesn't deal with our ratification vote. What nineteen does, 38 is uh, votes in general, and the process is supposed to be run by Article 50, but that's never, that was never published. But if it was, you know, we're, we're appealing to to that authority. And I can't imagine you know, that we're in violation at all there. Especially since we cited so many things in order to try and do this, um, but so we're waiting for the IEB to recuse himself or not. You know, give us a decision, and we'll you know, just shoot right up to the next level. Uh, and then once once affirmed, then we have in the 60 days starts for the IEB uh, if affirmed, and then we start with what's going on there with the uh, people that are. Been convicted and they're trying to take their membership away. This one here, uh, we would move it because it does affect the the IEB in total and the assistance that are in existence at the time of the the uh, ratification vote. We would move that directly to the public review board because uh, it would would be improper to uh, send it to them. And we would ask the – and almost immediately, they might just go ahead and summarily remove them uh, So, uh, under Article 31. Part of the reason we're doing this is protection, right? Okay. If you bring Article 31 charges like the IED just did, and they're found to be malicious and untimely, the Public Review, Review Board – can in or the IEB in most cases, but in this case, the public review board could simply say, IEB, you should not have brought in these charges and you must go. And I don't know, but what they just didn't do it anyhow because they realize that they're going to get their patties whacked and if it's found to be malicious, you save me a whole lot of work of going through my machinations here trying to get it all done the hard way. So the public review board could quite simply say, you guys have violated the, you know, the uh, Constitution. You were malicious. Moreover, Jewell and his council said you're malicious. They've asked us to charge you with malicious, and we're going to do that and take your membership away. End of story. No more leadership in the UAW. Probably in either case. Special convention is a joke. Absolute joke. Robert's rules of order say this. Okay. You make a motion. You make a motion to a second the motion. Now you have a motion on the table. Then, during discussion at the last convention, one of the people talking loud and saying nothing made a motion while a motion was on the floor and he was ruled out of order. Everybody goes, You did a good job. You kicked your butt. What are wrong for not taking your motion up? No, they're absolutely correct in not taking his motion up. Okay. He could have made a motion to amend the motion, and somebody told him that.
1: And now, in
0: this resolution that he wrote, said we want to have amendments to amendments. Well, let's just back up a little bit. So you can't make a motion while there's a motion on the floor. But you had a motion, you had a second, and then comes I move to amend the original motion in such fashion, X. Okay? And that's an amendment to the motion. And then Jeff, down in Flat Rock, says, I come and make a motion to amend the amendment of the original motion. So now you have a motion, an amendment, and an amendment to amendment, way down the lane. By the way, I'll give you a little tip. For those of you who are parliamentary procedure experts or having a problem with it, my own township, I had to correct them. They were going seven and eight deep. Amendment to the motion, amendment to the amendment, to the, the second amendment, the third amendment, the third, eight, eight amendments to the amendment. Well, Robert's Rules of Order is clear. Very, very, you know, obscure, but clear when you really, really get to it and understand it two amendments to an original motion. That's it. That's it. Okay. So now let's just take this and break it all down. You have a motion, a second amendment, and an amendment to amendment. Okay. But if you don't allow, if you don't ask for amendments to motions, then you can't have an amendment there. And the resolution clearly says we need to have amendments to amendments allowed under our therefore, be it resolved. We want to have amendments to amendments. Well, you forgot to ask for amendment to the motion. Because you asked for amendment to the amendment that can't exist. Because you... In the end, they're supposed to only be talking about specific items as in the resolution itself, unspecified amendments. Ask your buddies what amendments they want to put out. This is not just about one-man-one one vote. Ask your pals up there talking loud and saying nothing. What amendments do you think you're going to propose to the floor of this convention that are unspecified in the resolution. By the way, that's the thing that violates the Constitution because Article 8, Section 4 says you must specify exactly what you're requesting, and you may only talk on that specific issue or those very defined, specific issues. No unspecified amendment is allowed. But ask them what that is. First of all, that violates the Constitution, and that, then if you go back to our earlier discussion on Article 39, Section 3B, requiring a violation of the Constitution, which that is, unspecified amendment is a violation of the Constitution, be very careful on what you're doing here, folks. I'm warning you, because it ain't going to end pretty. Not because of me. Somebody's actually going to take it up eventually and say, you know, listen to that radio show. I'm about sick of this stuff. And it might even be the IEB. We're just going to charge everybody that was in this. Well, that'd be a whole lot of cleaning out of our union in ways that you might not have liked. So be careful. I've been telling you this for months. This Constitution is a very powerful document. It's voluminous and cross-referenced throughout it. you got to know what you're doing when you start using it. Um, well, it's... <laughs> Somebody said they missed the show, <laughs> not really.
1: <laughs> so, um.
0: hey,
1: we're on a little late answer. So this, is, this is funny. <laughs> this
0: is funny. <laughs> so much for a oh, short, short show, right? Short show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you got love it. you yeah. got yeah. Let me just answer to this. Just have some fun. Uh, right. Not really. It's still going on. <laughs> yeah, <well>. Okay. <laughs>
1: um, I don't want to know who you're is talking fun. to. I really don't. <laughs> you, know. you know who it is. Yeah, Yeah, it's, I know who it is. Well, and and tell, yeah. tell them from me to. uh, I didn't get a chance uh, other than in writing, but I'm really proud to be associated with uh, uh, a gentleman whose son uh, exemplifies what the father does on an everyday basis and congratulate him. I understand he had high honors at the celebration you two were at uh, a a few days ago. So if he's listening, uh, tell him, I really mean this. This is not uh, 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 Lightly taken I I, I mean I I am so proud Of your son and what he's done And it it just shows uh, uh, What kind of Upbringing he came up in uh, To do what he had done So uh, I won't mention No names but I think you know who I'm talking About and I think he knows who I'm talking About so
0: Right 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 Uh, Well Jeff's son graduated from law school and there it was a lot of pomp and circumstance, and and more important, see, lawyers are judged in, by the the ranking of their uh, uh, their, their, pla- their their place, their GPA. They're they're graded by that and judged by that once they're out in the the, the real world working for a you know for in law, law legal practice, and the big firms are looking for the top you know five people, Jeff. You know, arguably number two, but might have slipped to three. We don't know. But he was number one almost all the whole time. So that is a high distinction. When I mention that to other attorneys, as I've seen them throughout the community, until Jeff's son graduated from law school, and then I mention number two, and they perk right up. You know, they, they really, yeah, this wasn't, you know, 60 or 70, 90. This is two, it's a big deal. Real, real big deal, um, and uh, listeners, this this young man is sharp. He's sharp as tack. I mean, you know, I, I assess a lot of people as Tom has over his years. You, you go in and you assess the situation, and uh, from a leadership position, and you really got to measure them up pretty quick. And as you know, some of you know, i was a political party leader, and you know, I'm I'm in there assessing whether the uh, words that they wrote about how much they support labor actually marry up with who and what they are when they sit down in front of me. And you've got to do that pretty quick. I only got up out of one meeting. I only had my feel and left one meeting and said, we will never support you because of who and what you are here, not what you said in your letter. Uh, And believe me, there's a lot of that vetting that goes on. When your cap department says that this is an okay person, usually they've done a lot of hard work to find out that they are. Not always, but most of the time. I know when I was around uh, as um, regional cap coordinator for 11 counties, they had to measure up, believe me. The letters would come in, and we had face-to-face, including with Jennifer Granholm, when she wanted to be Attorney General, which, you know, was an easy, no-brainer to say, that to President Stephen Jokic, when he called me five minutes, um, two minutes after she left my my office, and 30 seconds after she got out of the building, he called me, and he asked me, is she, she electable? I said, yeah. Went on to describe it. He says, just want to know if she's electable. She has a couple issues. We're square on those. She understands, and well, she's going to be good. She went on to be attorney general and later governor. So that'll come out in my book on that. That does come out pretty soon. Uh, it's an interesting read, by the way. Um, so uh, uh, we have... Uh, Uh, We've talked about the appeal, about the Article 31 charges by the IEB, how they are in violation because of 60 days, how Article 8, Section 4 is supposed to be specific, and it's not. And because of that, it violates the Constitution and subject charges. And then others would have to determine whether you'd lose your membership or not started to say why we didn't just say these violated the Constitution and only that they possibly violated the Constitution and we seek others to, to uh, make sure that they, you know, that they, uh, uh, that are far more learned, learned while I'm good. There's others far more learned than myself. Why did we do that? Why did we wait ask to wait and ask for others with higher authority to affirm or or not. Because if you're wrong in bringing charges, they can be deemed malicious, and they can come and take your own damn membership. Something that the IEB should have thought long and hard of before signing this shit on Sunday. And I'd be real, real cautious The saying that I told him to do it. <laughs> <Because> this person, <laughs> not Mar- anybody I'm associated with is doing it. Uh, others are. So It's just a rather interesting moment in people's lives. But, you see, somebody gets told they can't make a motion to a motion when there's one on the table, and then they hear about amendments to amendments, and they don't even know the process of how a motion is supposed to go through the procedure. And we've educated you tonight a little bit on Robert's Rules of Order. A motion, make a motion. First, you've got to be recognized, right? you to be recognized. I recognize you. I make a motion to such and such. Okay. I move the following. I move to second it. I move to amend the motion, the original motion. I move to amend the amendment to the original motion. If you don't have an amendment, you can't amend it now, can you? <laughs> That's what the resolution calls <laughs> for. <God>. Oh God. <laughs> I not oh, <laughs> good job, I'm really helping you people. Oh, God
1: help us <laughs> You're <laughs> terrible. And then we want to elect
0: delegates. And they can elect delegates as as it might adjust according to the uh per capita roles that each local has. Okay. They have to check that according to article. Section nine, but that's only to make an adjustment if you're short a delegate because of all the movement. For example, Lordstown won't have any delegates, right? Maybe one for the the uh, uh, amalgamated units is still there, but Lordstown uh, eleven, twelve charter disappeared at the ratification of the the uh, vote contract. Article, or, yeah, paragraph 8, said that without any further action by either party, the Charter will cease to exist if you didn't submit local union demands after June 27th. Did you see any local, local union demands, Tom? No, but there I
1: again, do. I'm inactive. But I, I don't know of anybody okay. that uh, has supported that fact, so quite possibly I told
0: a lot of stuff I didn't see any I get told a lot of stuff some of the stuff I wouldn't repeat uh, you know, I, somebody said well you know I'm I not my president because he this and that and, this and, that. and I said well you know what you might not know everything that's going through that president's desk and that decision might be you know, something that he couldn't make public at the same time you know, has to re- represent the members in the best interest. So that decision might not be what you wanted it to be, but it was in the best interest of the members based on what he knew that he or she, that they, he or she knew that they couldn't tell you. The, so I'm, I'm, I'm hard on presidents, but I'm not as hard on them as somebody might have, might think because stuff goes across your desk that they, they really can't tell you. Uh, Personal stuff, for example, they just can't tell you. Yeah. You know. So, but uh, <coughs> anyhow, uh, so yeah, but they can't elect all new delegates. That's just simply somebody's pipe dream. Um, yeah. Are you know, you... the election of the delegates remains the same. That's what it says in the Constitution. Okay. Yeah. It remains the same means that the way they were elected for the regular convention is not going to be different from this one. It's the same delegates, with the exception of applying Section 9 that says you got to do a per capita rural test. And like I said, Lordstown would be substantially lower and places like Fort Wayne, you know, Flint Truck Assembly, um, Wentzville, Fairfax. Well, I don't know if Fairfax took a whole lot of on. Golden Green would have... You know, possibly more delegates. Uh, you know, so you might pick up, you know, a delegate or two based on that, that kind of movement. You know, you move two thousand people in the three or four different local unions, and you might pick up a, a delegate at each local, but you're going to lose them and 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 lose Numbers are going to be essentially the same. It's just a matter of voting strength for each local. That's all. That's it. So I haven't said that. Uh, did you have another email, Tom? Yeah, I I actually got
1: two. I'll give you the first one. Uh, It it just popped up about five minutes ago. Uh, They want to know, since you're so close to the uh, problems uh, or the issues up in the the, uh, Detroit area, they wanted to know if uh, if and when uh, Solidarity House is going to open back up, if you've heard anything about the Solidarity House uh, being reoccupied.
0: First, the police have to release it.
1: So the investigation's still going on with Arson? As
0: far as I know, I haven't heard anything different. Okay. And so then the a while. It's been a while. I, yeah. I expect the insurance companies will will rebuild it. It's just a matter of how long. But you know, the FBI's got their their fingers in this now, so
1: Well they for some time. So what, the the other question was yeah. uh region one C and the in the uh filling of the seat for and I think you went over it uh, previously for the uh regional director out of one C. What's it one C
0: One C. well I'm sorry it's, 1D. it's 1D. one D. It's one D. One C merged into one D last time. They didn't want to merge it again, that's my understanding. Now there's an appeal first of all, there's an appeal on the Region Five decision to merge. Okay, uh, that's being appealed by the president of UAW Local Union 2250, Winston. Gentlemen, I think his name is Glenn Kagi President Glenn Kage, and he's appealed that. Okay, so, so we might not see that one get merged. We don't know mm-hmm. if we're going to back down on that or not. And there is current vacancy because of uh, Gerald Kareem moving to vice president of FCA. Uh, there's a vacancy at Regent 1D. Okay, and we're still assessing whether or not to fill the candidate there. It's my district, it's my region, and I'm um undecided as what to do. I don't wanna get in a situation where they give me death by a thousand cuts just because I'm sitting in some chair and that <laughs> doesn't have <laughs> the membership. <memory>. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> well, you know. You know. Ow. You know, I mean, they wouldn't kill me literally, but you know, they, they just—you know—all of a sudden, your your appointments don't get made because oh, Leroy's was there at the regional director's office, right? So I know how that game gets played. Uh, but we're undecided on that. There's uh, we 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 have candidates. Uh, we just don't know whether we want to put them <coughs> into the the fire. It does take money, uh, and. Uh, a lot of money, and we're not going to put somebody up and just let them get slaughtered. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Uh, the reason
1: I was laughing, I wasn't laughing at you, but uh, that scenario that you just ran by to the folks out there is similar to what happened down here at Lordstown. Very,
0: very similar
1: to what we described. Right. Which out
0: there is hanging out the drive. Right. Exactly. I mean, I'm I'm not exactly. I'm not you know, I want to represent the members. I don't want to be in a position not to be able to. I'm I'm probably doing more for members from this desk right now than most of them that are actually sitting behind the desk of an IEB office. And I can actually have fun with them because they're so stupid. They just <laughs> violated the constitution. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Fun. I mean they can yep. lose their membership I for what they just did.
1: I, I, I've been
0: you know, I an mean, for I mean, I mean, one of our close associates when I wrote, wrote that, he was the first one to come in there and and, and put a heart hard on him. He lovingly, right? <laughs> it. He said lovely, right?" Just yeah. <laughs> one of our very close associates. I, I love him like a brother. And, and yeah. uh, you know, he's from West He's somewhere else now, but we won't go into all that. But uh, he jumped right on it. You know, he says, "Yeah, it's too bad <laughs> there's there's uh, a." Uh, you know, a lot against being stupid because these guys put their membership at risk by signing. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's the true. Very true. Uh, so, and it could be malicious, thought to be malicious, and and then they would have to go to the PRP to enforce it. And if, like I said, if I were Norwood, Jewel, or anyone, one of the others, you know, that's exactly what I'd be doing. But you know, let me guarantee you this. Not Nola Jewell or none of the others that have been convicted are going to be in any way internally represented in in, uh, an appeal of their uh, charges. That ain't going to happen. Herod McKnight is not that guy. They go find somebody else. Okay. But I'm mad at the ones that did it, too. As everybody else in the doggone Union is pretty much, so I just gave him the fodder to go get him. We'll just see what they do. Yeah, Somebody's I'm just. Gonna uh, I'm just
1: yeah, I I just uh wondering what your good friend would say about all this stuff that came out at the end of his lifetime, and if he was still around, then uh, you know who I'm talking about. So, oh, the
0: see the answer, yeah, he. He said there's people out there doing more harm than good, and he wouldn't rep, He wouldn't teach. One of them openly said, I won't help him, and the other one told him he was being used and stopped helping him then. So those are the other two candidates out there talking loud and saying nothing. Right, right. Okay, uh, so uh, that's kind of where that's at. And Daniel was spot on with that. He said "And his last... Last radio show on another radio show, different, different, whole program different, he said there are people out here doing more harm than good by being involved. They don't know what they're doing. Hell, the IEB doesn't even know what they're doing. <clears throat> so, did, did you had that up? Did you say you had another email, Tom, or not? Second one. No, the. The, the the second one was about region one D. Oh, the region one D. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna sit yeah. and watch that for a little bit. We'll we'll, we'll give it to mid, mid next week. We're starting to get pretty tight on time, so uh, early next week we'll we'll have a decision whether or not to send somebody. Yeah. But so believe they're... me, if we send, if we send somebody to run uh, myself or somebody else, but likely not me. Uh, because I'm a firebrand and they come after me. But if we send uh, forward a candidate, field a candidate, if you will, um, they'll know it and the entire region will know it. Uh, and we will put heat like they've never seen before to get our candidate elected. But we're yeah. going to watch it for a few more days, anyhow. Maybe Friday we'll make a decision to say yes or no. See. Got, well, uh, tomorrow. It would tomorrow, be tomorrow, Monday. Go ahead, right.
1: It would be interestingly right. Their feet are on the fire right now as to what extent that would uh, they would uh, put a firewall up, so to speak, if if a candidate would challenge the uh, the caucus. So, yeah, you know, it, it it would be very interesting if you had a bona fide candidate, and by no stretch of the imagination, probably the most bona fide or qualified person out there right now. In that that region, it's probably yourself, and I don't think oh, you should yeah, be selling but, yourself short. Well, well I and
0: understand. I haven't I haven't made. I haven't, I haven't made a decision. Okay, I I personally haven't, so made, and I've told other people that are you know in our team that that are asking, and I, you you and I've had this conversation probably, you know, so you know, but uh, you know, for me to get there and then have them stop appointments and stop this and stop that and oh we're not going to invite you to this and not going to get you invited to that you know only those things necessary and everything else oh by the way you know don't buy one pencil too many you know kind of thing Uh, and we need accountability but that's you know that's the kind of scrutiny that somebody would get if they're the lone ranger there you know but you know I still have a radio show, and that can be pretty hard to overcome. So we'll see what we're going to do. We don't know yet. Uh, in the end, it takes money, and a lot of it, in order to be successful. And you'll know yep. whether we have the money the day that you see fifty-six, 5680 down. Okay, on the down. You'll know whether we have it or not. And at that point, yeah. it's just a number of time. So uh, we're getting a little tight on time. We got about 13 minutes left. Do you have anything else, Tom? No, I don't. I got about seven uh,
1: percent of my battery left, and I I just uh, I know, I know Jeff's on special assignment and stuff, but uh, be careful what you eat, Jeff. Uh, uh, I'm st- I'm stuck with peanut butter and jelly when I'm out there on assignment. I'm sh- I'm sure you're eating steak, so. Uh, of course, it may be tough eating steak. You may have to cut that up in small pieces. So, all right, Leroy, my battery's gone dead on my phone, and I want to say good night to everybody. Any anybody out there listening? So, but uh, I'm out of here. And uh, it was a good show, as as always. Uh, you uh, bring information to people, and believe me, I get feedback all the time from people down in here. The uh, the uh, Lordstown Youngstown Warren area that they really appreciate what you're doing for the all all of the memberships across the board in the UAW and trying to trying to make it a better place for people to work uh, in their environment that they're in now. It's not too uh, too friendly to to working people as to what the corporations are doing to to the working class. So. I'll talk to you later. Jeff, good night, and Leroy, good night. Uh, I may got about 20 or 30 more seconds, so I'm signing off here, Leroy. Thanks for the okay. invite tonight. Right.
0: Okay, thank you, Tom, for being here when Jeff's on assignment. I really appreciate it a lot, so thank you very, very much. Uh, so I want to remind everybody that tomorrow night we'll have another show. After the Republican State of the Union... We're taking notes, and after the Democratic rebuttal by a Michigan Governor, we're taking notes, and then we're going to rebut both of those regarding labor perspective, working men and women. Okay, remind everybody: after both of those, we'll be here. All right. So, and it'll be a short notice because we're gonna—we don't know when they're all going to wrap up, but we'll have it queued up. Pretty much ready to go. I just got to push push one little thing on the uh, create the page for the radio show, and uh, then I'll I'll get that out, get it posted, and then within 30 minutes we'll have have our final rebuttal for both of them because we're tired of them because they're not doing us great services in some instances, a lot of instances. It's changed even in the last 15 years. Tom, thanks for being on the show. Uh, You said pretty much everything you need to say, Jeff. Thanks. I know you're listening out there, and uh, you're uh, uh, you know really appreciated uh, as you're on assignment tonight. And uh, gotta look at the switchboard. God, we got a ton of people here. Uh, Anybody want to push one and say anything? We got a couple minutes to say something. But other than that, we'll let you go. Um some push one. Okay. This is a friend. I'm not gonna introduce you, but I'll bring you online. There. Hi, how are you tonight? Just go ahead and talk if you want. You pushed one and I brought you in. I'll take you back out. <laughs> All right, thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. Okay. Let's get them back into listen more. There they are. They're back and listen. I think they got scared when they realized they were on on the air. Uh and I didn't think that was somebody who wanted to be on the air anyhow, but you never know if they push one and they want to be on, we'll, we'll give them their, their opportunity. Uh, having said that, uh good night. Uh look global listeners, I want to thank you want to thank uh, the Canadian and Mexican listeners. Uh, We want to thank all the U.S. union and non-union listeners, all of our UAW listeners. If you found value in this show, please tell just one more person about us. Have fun. Stay safe in the coming week. God bless each and every one of you. Good night, listeners. Good night, everybody in the switchboard. (laughs) I didn't realize how many of you were here. God. And good night, Tom. Good night, Jeff, on assignment. Have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you tomorrow night for the rebuttal of the uh, State of the Union. So that ought to be a lot of fun. Tune in tomorrow. Good night, everybody. We're going to end the show now.